I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is The Call on this Thursday afternoon. So good to be with you. The 27th of April, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts. And uh, really pleased to welcome into the studio with me, we've got Mark Gardner. He's joining us from Macro Capital. Good afternoon. Hello, good afternoon to you. Nice sunny day in Sydney. And joining us from the beautiful northern beaches of Sydney is Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. How's life up there, Henry? Life is good, Nadine. What could possibly go wrong? It's fantastic. It's well, great day. we've got tech earnings in the US helping to push the NASDAQ higher. But um, did you get all excited about that inflation read here locally? Do you think that the RBA is going to take it easier on investors, particularly in the small cap space? Um, I'm not sure I got that excited, I have to say. I mean, it was a little bit better than we were going for, I guess. Uh, And it does take a little bit of the pressure off. But at the end of the day, whether they pause or whether they go by 25 basis points, I think we're so close to the top it's not funny and uh you will know this from your trip up the gold coast are we there yet and i think we are there yet i think we are pretty much there so i suspect the rba will probably go on a pause uh, and uh given what's happening in the u.s with regional banks at the moment maybe the fed will think twice about raising theirs but as i say we are so close to the top we know that inflation has peaked we know that it is coming down albeit very slowly and it has a long way to go so i think any talk of cuts further down the track this year are completely off the mark. I think we're going to have higher for longer. And these are just really going back to sort of normalized rates that we saw pre-GFC. I mean, it's just the last 10 years or so that have been the abnormal period of time. So uh, normal rates, normal service will be resumed. Well, we will see. Mark Gardner, I spoke with one of your colleagues this morning. Mm. Thank you for that. And he was saying that you're actually more defensively positioned at macro than you have been for quite some time. Yeah, look, we just it's a bit more of a wait and see attitude at the moment. We're not necessarily super bearish, um, but we can obviously get paid to sit on the sidelines at the moment. And there's, you know, it, it just it's a matter of um, how you phrase your, uh, your Google question, I suppose. You can, <laughs> you can find backing arguments for just about any scenario at the moment and from fairly, you know, reliable um, pundits or market experts. So at the moment, that uncertainty for us is just not worth taking the risk. Um, we had quite a decent period through that December, January, February, and um, it's not yet. Yeah, we just figured it doesn't hurt to, uh, you know, to hurt to sit on the sidelines and see how this washes out over the next um, couple of months, basically, because if I think more so... Um, forward planning for in the event that we do have a down like a significant down move in the uh you know in the market generally uh, we'll have money to go shopping for um you know for really high quality companies at cheap prices which we can keep for you know years to come rather than uh be scrambling to um mm. and when we're over allocated 
Okay, so let's see if any of these companies make the list. We will be discussing Cochlear. We will be discussing the KKR Credit Income Fund. Don't think I've done that one before. Silex Systems, Australian Financial Group, AFG, and Liontown Resources. Bit of lithium for you there, Henry. But before we get to those companies, the stock of the day is Blackmore's. So Japan's Kirin Holdings wants to acquire the Blackmore's firm, which has you know, really got a strong brand presence here in Australia for 100, oh, sorry, 1.27 billion US dollars. So Kieran plans to acquire the shares held by all shareholders of Blackmore's for cash. If the deal goes through, Blackmore's will be delisted from the ASX in early August. That's according to Kieran that it's put a statement out to the ASX and the share price has gone ballistic. It's up by close to 22% so far today. Now, guys, I know that, you know, if M&A is a done deal, we often don't like talking about these companies for the stock of the day, but it feels to me like this one, Henry, correct me if I'm wrong, but did this sort of takeover offer come out of left field or had we been expecting that Blackmore's was on the shelf, so to speak? Uh, this one has been around and been pushed around for some time. I think these guys have been talking to each other. Of course, Blackmore's is a Northern Beaches success story. Yeah. It's headquarters just down the road at Mona Vale. Uh, and as Hot Chocolate once sang, everyone's a winner, baby. <laughs> and I think this is the one that everyone is a winner. Kieran have picked this up cheap, given that Blackmore's at one stage were above 200 bucks briefly. Uh, and also it does seem that Marcus Blackmore is pretty happy to, uh, to exit stage left, pursued by a bear, maybe another boat is uh, in the ordering. So I think this is going to keep everybody happy. A lot of the shareholders in Blackmore's are actually Blackmore's employees and have been around for a long time. It's a pretty good price, as I say, Marcus Blackmore himself has agreed. So that gives them a big sort of 18.8% platform uh, to kick things, this off. It is pretty much a done deal. There's obviously some regulatory issues to uh, to get over, FIRB, etc. But it's uh, it's another example, I guess, of the Japanese pouncing uh, although it has been a, a long slow motion pounce because I think these guys, as I say, have been talking for a couple of years over pricing. But it is another example of the Japanese pouncing as they did on Toll Holdings, as they did on Carlton United uh, in uh, in days gone by. So it is pretty much a done deal. There's probably nobody else out there that's going to uh, interrupt this deal at all. Uh, 95 bucks is a, a price that I think the Blackmore's shareholders can be relatively happy with given where it's been. The management can be happy, the board can be happy, Kieran can be happy. As Errol's saying, everyone's a winner, baby. That's the <laughs> truth. All right. Well, we've got Blackmore's chair, Wendy Stopp, saying that, you know, it does represent appropriate long-term value. Marcus Blackmore is saying that he's quite relieved. He's happy that private equity hasn't come in. This is speaking with the AFR mm. and uh, taken over the company and looked to cut jobs. Like Kieran, he believes, will be a good corporate steward of the Blackmore's name, which of course came from his father. So yeah. are shareholders winners? Yeah, he was sort of a pioneering uh, naturopath in the, uh -huh. well, back, uh, I think the company was started in the, in the 30s. So it would have been very pioneering back then. Um, yeah, as as Henry said, everyone's happy. Um, I, I think it's already it's trading at ninety three uh, sixty odd this morning. Um, I think you'd be pretty happy just to take them off the table. To be honest, uh, it's five month wait. Um, I think they were in talks uh, with someone else earlier in the year, but I, I think it was a it was a um, resounding recommendation uh, from Marcus Blackmore, and um, I assume we're you know whereas uh, um, Kieran 
um, you know, I guess their value is obviously they're, you know, they're very good at distribution um, in their existing business. So there'd be some economies of scales, uh, economies of scale there. It was trading around about fair value as far as the analysts were concerned prior to this. So I think, it, yeah, fair, it's a fair offer. Um, and yeah, I'd, if you, uh, you know, I'd, I would probably just sell out today almost. It's trading so close to the price. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're five months or four to five months away from when it's going to be completed. So why I don't think you why would need it. why would you take that risk for one to two percent? Yeah, good. All mm. right. So there you go. No longer, it seems, that Blackmores will be listed here in Australia. And don't forget at one point its share price, yeah, those heady days of the, the China trade, the Diagu trade, saw its share price up to about two hundred and twenty dollars, I think, was around the high. So there you go, Blackmore's potentially done and dusted from the ASX. All right, let's get to the first company on the list that was picked by you, our viewers, our listeners, Paul. If you're out there, Paul's written in about Cochlear. So Cochlear, he says, is bouncing around, exceeding its all-time high. Do the charts indicate that it's about to launch to a new high or, or pull back the same way as it has in the past? So there's somebody not wanting to see you know, any gains uh, disappear you know uh, so let's start with uh, you mark here in studio on cochlear I know I changed the order of this just slightly so we could start with cochlear yeah no worries um, yeah look they're, they're high quality company I don't know whether I'd be buying here for the break they've held that range pretty steadily for a while um, <coughs> probably more to do with my um, you know uh, broader market view that we're, we are at fairly lofty heights at the moment. Although healthcare companies in the US have been you know, really strong this year, there's a lot of um, a lot of them trading at 52-week highs, and that, that those non-cyclicals are, um, are certainly going to be in demand uh, with economic uncertainty for the next probably six to 12 months. So, um, but they uh, look they're pretty much making a lot of the money out of accessories and things like that now. Um, they do reinvest in research and development, um, but. You know the the existing product is f- fairly rolled out to most people anyway, and there's there is increasingly more cheaper alternatives as well. So, um, which probably you know aren't as good, but you know that market mm-hmm. has has probably shrunk a little bit. So if we can bring up the five year chart, because I think that what Paul was expressing is nervousness. You know that he might not be able to crystallize some of the gains potentially he's seen. Don't know how long he's been holding the the shares. But would mm. you, if you've been a long term shareholder, have a decent size allocation in your portfolio, would you even potentially be trimming uh, near these record highs? Yeah, I'd probably be happy to trim here for now. Um, I don't think you're going to miss out on a, on, on a huge amount. I mean, similar to, uh, similar to CSL, in terms of it's been trading a pretty reliable range for quite a while, um, I, I think CSL will probably break those record highs at some stage this year. I think that VI4 acquisition was a good one. Um, but you know, I, with these guys, unless they're you know there's a material change to the business, I don't see much of a reason for them to to bust to new highs. So yeah, and they're not immune to you know falling with the with any broad, any any sort of broader market weakness. So I think the consensus is for about a seven or odd percent fall from analysts in the S and P in May, mm-hmm. supposedly. So. Um, you know, and if those big tech companies get the rug pulled, um, that's that could very easily happen. And I think you probably end up p- picking these up a little bit cheaper. Um, yeah, but quality company, um, yeah, I certainly wouldn't be buying on the break. Um, yeah, I'd be more inclined to be maybe just a little, little a small trim, um, mm-hmm. and then you know, try to buy it you know, somewhere back around the I don't know two ten mark or two fifteen or something like that. All right, uh, Cochlear, I will note that uh, we're entering May and, you know, the old adage, sell in May and go away. But I learned yesterday that, in fact, for the S&P 500, 
the past five out of six May, Mays, five out of six Mays, actually the market moved higher. So there you go, some food for thought. Cochlear, Henry, before I get off track too much, buy, <laughs> hold, sell if you were Paul, because he's nervous that he'll, he'll have to ride through another pullback as he's already done, it sounds like. I've got three words for you, Paul. Trailing stop loss. Uh, that's certainly something that would uh, appeal to me given the run this one's had. It's, I guess uh, to some extent it's been a, a, a success story because of the defensive nature of its earnings, because of the defensive nature of its business. Um, it is not as economically sensitive uh, as other parts of the market and healthcare does tend to do well, especially when you see markets getting a little bit nervous. So I think there's been a bit of money pushed into this one. Disappointing to see the UK CMA, which is the Competition and Markets Authority, uh, finding that their acquisition there of the uh, hearing implants business Oticon Medical uh, is uh, going to cause problems. It looks like um, Cochlear are going to have to fight that one maybe to uh, to get that acquisition through. Apart from that, as I say, I mean, it's not the most exciting of stocks in some respects. Uh, a lot of brokers have got a sort of neutral on it. It's not cheap either, 45, 46 times uh, earnings, uh, forward PE, earnings per share forecasts. So that is not exactly cheap. Uh, it's obviously a, a fantastic quality product, quality company, uh, all the things, but it has run hard. I think from a defensive point of view, that's what's been the attraction. I would be taking some profits here uh, as Mark rightly says, this does tend to trade in the range. It is the top end of that range. I would be taking some profits. But if you're a long-term holder, and of course, you know, there's obviously some tax implications there, uh, then it might be wise to put in this trading stop loss rather than just uh, taking uh, huge profits and creating a bit of a tax event for yourself. But uh, certainly you could see this slip back towards $2 or 230 bucks. that's mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I guess the end of the financial year is approaching and soon enough we'll be talking about tax loss selling yeah. as well. We'll leave that now. Let's get to the next company on the list. Actually, this isn't an, uh, an income fund. So this is a managed investment scheme. Essentially, it's KKR Credit Income Fund. This has been picked by David. It's fairly new. And what it does is it allows investors to gain access to global credit investment opportunities that I believe are coming from KKR's Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, it's proprietary sort of channels, correct? Yeah, so there's a fair bit of unlisted stuff in this. Um, I think... Uh, KKR being private equity, of course. Private yeah, equity. so um, private credit is about 40%, and then obviously liquid credit's around about 60 Um so we've been we've obviously been uh, parking a little bit of cash in bonds recently. Um, we've sort of favoured um, the really, uh, particularly given the uh, the concerns around credit recently. You've got to balance up what um, you know a higher yield versus uh, potential risk. So we've been going for a few of the global X um, ETFs, which have um, which is sort of piggybacking some of the US ones that have been running for quite some time, but they have a, a lot of bonds in, in those ETFs that are very small management feeds of around the um, 1100 mark for USHY, uh, which has a yield of maturity around sort of 8.13, I believe. This is a little bit higher yield of maturity at 13%, but 45% of it's unrated. So 
that uh, the credit rating of um, USHY is you know more around the the double B the higher end. It's not investment grade necessarily. Mm. Uh, you can go down the investment grade USIG, um, which which will yield about three uh, percent to maturity lower. Um, but um, to be honest, I think. Um, like the diversity they, those things offer, you know, with 1,100 odd bonds, um, nothing more than, you know, sort of half a percent in there. Um, you know, if you do have a string of defaults because credit's, you know, contracting, then that diversity is going to save you a little bit. I certainly wouldn't be going anywhere near individual um, deals like that that have that credit rating. And this is, yeah, 45% um, not rated. And then uh, let, it's around about 1% or 2% that are well, 1% is investment grade and then yeah, so there's to, opaque it's too opaque opaque that's working against it in yeah and, and there's also that, there's, just yeah you know being below investment grade yeah being below investment grade I think you, this would be the sort of thing that you probably want to be involved with once we you know things see like what first, happens see what happens with you know the um, given First Republic etc has gone on so it'd be something I may consider when things calm down but but yeah, I, I think you want to go with the much more broadly diversified um, ETF version, um, which does yield a little bit less. But you know, you well, know, you can sleep at night. Perhaps you can a sleep easier. at night. Yeah. Okay, so, so USHY is what you'd suggest. That's from the Globalex. yeah, that's a high yield one, um, and and obviously. Um, USIG was the investment grade one, which they've only launched uh, a while ago. But we, with GlobalX, you don't have the liquidity issues of a new ETF because they're largely um, mm-hmm. piggybacking established ETFs in the, the in the states. So okay. uh, there's no problems with the liquidity there. There you go. Does the KKR Credit Income Fund hold any attraction to you, Henry? Because it is giving <laughs> you a way to gain exposure to an asset class or or you know opportunities that perhaps you wouldn't be able to get in any other way? Uh, I'm sorry, Nadine. The only bonds I've always been interested in are Sean Connery and Daniel Craig. <laughs> uh, th- this holds absolutely no attraction at all. Uh, a private equity fund with uh, a credit income fund with opaque, uh, pri- it's just, uh, just no. It's trading at a big discount to its NTA. Uh, I think, to be honest, there's a lot easier ways of earning that sort of return and there's a couple that we'll talk about later in the day uh, without getting involved in this so not for me I have to say um, Mark's probably got a more of a handle on bonds than I have it's not an area that I really look at I have to say uh, equities is my thing I know that we should look at different asset classes but if I was going to look at uh, the bond market I would look at an ETF and not uh, KKR the barbarians at the gates their credit income fund sorry guys not for me Got it. Thanks. That's all we're after. You know, we're after an honest opinion. And yeah, Mark does know his bond markets well. All right, let's get to Silex Systems because this one, Henry, going by memory, you know quite well. Jeremy has written in saying he's looking to invest for the next 12 to 18 months. So what is the short-term immediate outlook and long-term outlook for Silex? Well, Silex has been a very long-term story. Can you even buy a company like this for the short term or would you, Henry? I think I have been a shareholder of Silex for close to 30 years <laughs> and and nothing has fundamentally changed with the company. It is kind of scary. I have to say, I, it was one of my biggest holdings PA at one stage and I sold out most of them at above $11, $12. They did get there uh, back in the good old days. 
Um, and uh, I kept uh, three or four thousand just for a little bit of fun, and uh, I've still got them. They blipped up recently. Uh, basically, these guys are trying to do the next generation of uranium enrichment by isotope separation using lasers. At the moment, the second generation uranium enrichment is done by spinning uranium in a centrifuge, and uh, that separates it and enriches it. Uh, it's That technology has been around since the 60s. These guys have got the next generation. They had the next generation back in the mid-90s. It's now 2023. So things do move slowly in a politically charged nuclear environment, to say the least. Uh, they have uh, now got a new deal uh, and new backers because they sort of had a 50-50 arrangement with the U.S., General Electric for many years, but that came to an end. They're now with Cameco. Uh, so that got the market very excited. They got up to nearly $5.50. They then did a pretty poorly handled rights issue or capital raise, I think at 405 and they've never really recovered. Um, for me, it's a, it's a hold, but for 12 to 18 months, bear in mind that I've been there 30 years and nothing really has shifted. Uh, even in those days, they had a company called Translucent, which was looking at silica and chips and uh, the really sort of high-tech side of chips uh, and again here we are 30 years later well yeah. the natural question that i will be getting by some viewers is why are you still holding it why wouldn't you have sold it oh. you know opportunity cost well it is opportunity cost you're right nadine it should be opportunity cost but you know i, I was holding it they were 50 cents a dollar for a long long time then they woke up at some stage in the future they will wake up and to be honest it's a ten thousand dollar holding which having sold out above 11 12 bucks in the good old days they don't owe me an awful lot of money this one so um it's kind of having a lottery ticket for free and it doesn't expire but it has been a long wait maybe we're getting to the end of that wait with cameco on board it's uh, obviously more uh possible than uh, but it's just been very political you know mm -hmm. nuclear uranium separation iran's doing it it's just it's just been a, a bit of a um, slow process to say the least so that's not a ringing endorsement hold it if you have it but you wouldn't be buying it for the next 12 to 18 months to make capital I've, gains you know what I, it, it, we're getting towards the the stage after 30 years where something may happen it, it happened before if they hadn't have done the badly sort of uh, the bad the bad placement if you like which was a somewhat opportunistic Tunistic and it dropped from five bucks straight through the level to three dollars fifty. I think at three dollars fifty, it's certainly better than playing the four bucks or four oh five or whatever it was the capital raise was done at. I'd, I'd probably be nibbling a little bit here. I have to say their day will come again, and every now and then they do have their day in the sun. So um, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly be more of a buyer than a seller. That's for sure. I wouldn't be selling them. So can you just clarify, is that a buy, hold, or a sell today for the next 12 oh, to 18 months? All right. Sorry, it's that's what we're doing it, here. It, it, it's a buy. Thank you. Mark, agree, disagree? Uh, look, I, I'm of the opinion that nuclear will probably end up being the stopgap solution for decarbonisation. Um, so these guys obviously, you know, we're, we've seen spot prices of uranium sort of drifting a little bit higher in the last month. Um, yeah, there's talk of the mini reactors, etc. But it, as Henry said, it, it moves very slowly, and um, they really did. I mean, they, this thing was showing some mm -hmm. really nice momentum, and I think they're normally doing sort of 30 mil um, cap raises in the past, and they just hit the market with 120. So 
um, which was, you know, really took the wind out of the sails. Um, obviously, it's not really making money. Um, so the um, it was pretty opportunistic to do that cap raise. Uh, they've got a pilot mid-24, um, you know, potential commercialisation 27, but I'm pretty sure. I, I looked at this 18 months ago, um, and I, I think the, it was the same time frame, but just with different numbers on the end, basically. It always seems to get pushed back. So it'd be a speculative <laughs> buy at best. Um, their cash burn did go up a little bit more recently, um, but... You know, obviously, you know, as long as they can show they've done that, you know, really nice cap raise. As long as they can show a little bit of fiscal discipline, I think nuclear will we'll have technology never moves as fast as we need it to. And twenty fifty, you know, net zero is not. I mean, we're nowhere near that target. And um, you know, there there are a lot of nuclear power plants being built in India and China. Um, so mm-hmm. if we see the first world countries sort of cotton on, they've stopped closures in the US as well. But you know, possibly um, better. You could maybe buy a uranium stock. Um, I mean, this is more technology side, so that may be a safer play um, in something that's actually producing and, and turning a profit. But uh, yeah, spec buy at best for me. Thank you. Let's get to AFG, Australian Financial Group. This has been picked by Dan. Dan, welcome. I hope you're listening or watching today. Just remember that this is information only. It's not actually advice in any way, shape or form, and it's certainly not tailored to your own financial situation. Uh, AFG, speaking of financial situations, we've got a whole heap of Australians that are going to be looking to refinance their loans. We also, though, know the competition amongst the banks is really, really you know, strong. Mm. Um, what do you think of AFG? Um, I mean, can they benefit from some of the market dynamics out there right now? Uh, well, they will benefit from volume um, in the refinancing um, portion of it. Um, this is a time generally when you know when banks are being this aggressive, um, where they really try to squeeze the little guy out and um, and try to capture market share uh, for when that you know when that inverted yield curve uh, goes back to being positive again and those net interest margins start to improve. So, um, I mean, this is. This this is making pretty good money. They're fairly consistent, in, um, you know, consistently increasing um, revenue, and yeah, I, and they're sort of mi- probably mid range in terms of their PE range. That they trade for anywhere from sort of eight to eighteen. Um, um, good dividend. Yeah, yeah. There is. I mean, there's a good dividend. Um, but look, any of these. I mean, if you if you sort of bore down and do the numbers, there's a lot of these sort of finance companies that look look pretty good. Um, and I think this one, I think it's more the the broking side rather than um, taking on the actual loans and credit. But their default rate's pretty low. It's fairly high quality customers. Um, but yeah, it's not not a not an area I want to be playing in at the moment. Um, I think probably one of the better smaller. I mean, it's not. Not like for like, but you know, if you, I think Judo Bank's a very good buy down here. Well, hang on, because I think we're going to be talking about Judo Bank. Oh my goodness, I didn't look at the list. Why don't we, this is note to producer, um, talk about Judo Bank then now, considering, um, because you've been quite positive on Judo. Yeah. This is our. This is on our list, isn't it? It is on. Yeah, our list. it is yeah. on our list. So yeah, that makes sense. So you would be buying Judo Bank over Australian Financial Group. Why again? Uh, they, they're actually, if you dig down and do the numbers, they're they're better capitalised. They're a higher CET one ratio than all of the big four, even um, even Macquarie's of the world. Um, they're uh, you know they're. 
their default rate or their uh, non-performing loans is the lowest in the market. Um, their net interest margins the highest out of all the big four, um, and they've been hit the hardest um, in, because they've just been flagged as a regional bank. Their business model is really simple. It's pretty similar to CBA in terms of they're, they're very aggressive in the term deposit market and, and have been. Uh, they're largely self-funded, so they're not going to. They've sort of been painted with the brush, um, being a smaller uh, smaller neo bank. That they're going to have a liquidity issue when they're in fact, you know, they're the best capitalised out of you know Macquarie and the big four. So, um, and it's very rare you get an opportunity to buy into the Australian financial sector with a bank that um, does service that underservice small medium enterprise. Um, so you would expect that they, you know, having that highest um, tier one capital ratio, you know, is for a reason because that will be a. Um, economic downturn will probably see a bit of a, you know, um, the default rate um, go up a little bit. But I mean, their point non-performing loans, which are loans 90 days um, in arrears, is a, a, you know, less than a quarter of it, well, around about a quarter of a percent of their total books. So um, the 9 million profit into 53 million profit, they announced they were trading $1.60. Um, and you know, since then they've just sort of drifted back. And then obviously we had the regional banks yeah. getting sold. So it, it was just pretty much, um, painted with the same brush and traded down to I think one thirteen. So it's a pretty decent opportunity. I think it's a pretty decent opportunity to get in to what's tr- traditional banking mm-hmm. um, sort of stock. Uh, it's very very disciplined and manages their risk very well. And they've got you know heads of business banking from many of the big four. Uh, they're at the at the helm of the business, so it's not like they're inexperienced and they don't have all the legacy issues that a lot of these um, you know a lot of the older the older banks do. So um, and they've only got to take a, the tiny of nibbles out of uh, you know out of the big four to be to be growing at a you know a really high rate so um, and and they've achieved everything that was in in the prospectus that for uh, they listed um, oh, I think about 18 months ago okay. or thereabouts so Michael I know you wrote in about judo so an AFG is a hold for you uh, yeah look it do, it's a de- looks like a decent quality business it'd be a hold um, I prefer to the buy. buy yeah let's go and ask the same questions of Henry so let's start with Australian financial group Henry um, dividend yield, look, it's not super expensive. We've got a lot of movement volume that will likely come through as mortgages refinance. But is this a pretty pretty safe place to be right now? It's not a bad place to be, Nadine, I have to say. Uh, obviously, you know, when the big boys fight, the little boys suffer a little bit. This is the largest non-bank lender. Uh, these guys are, are very, very big with the mortgage broker network they have. Of course, Mortgage Choice was the biggest or one of the biggest at the time before it got taken over by REA Group. Uh, this one's got a nice big fat yield. It's not expensive. It's pretty well managed. It's definitely a hold uh, as far as I'm concerned. It's not that exciting. And clearly the competition in the market at the moment is such that uh, you know we've seen all the adverts for the cash back and the little dragon sitting on the massage chair and you get your three grand back when you when you refinance and all that sort of stuff so clearly it's going to be a, a pretty competitive i'd say six months as we get a lot of refinancing if there is even the sniff that mortgage rates have peaked and we're certainly seeing that in house prices picking up now uh, there may be uh, a little bit more activity so uh, for me this is a whole I'm not so sure about Judo Bank, I must admit. It's, um, you know, I guess it has been tarred with the regional banking brush to some extent. And, and they're trying to be, um, they're trying to be kosher in lots of ways. You know, you've got 
a lot of ANZ, Roy Morgan, Consumer Confidence Surveys, and all these banks put their names to various surveys and indicators. I noticed that Judo Bank have got their own indicator out at the moment. It, it's bounced off sort of a dollar ten up to a dollar twenty-four. I think, you know, as I said earlier, when the big boys fight, the little boys uh, do tend to get hurt a little bit. I'm not sure what their USP is compared to if they're trying to compete with Commonwealth Bank or NABs or Westpac or ANZ, where do they fit in? Macquarie's very aggressive, uh, cash management account, etc., and their mortgage push. So I would just, I think it's a hold at best. Mm-hmm. To be okay. Honest. So can I uh, do the same to you? Because Mark talked about judo. We should have had these together anyways, in all honesty. Judo bag. Mark's so keen on it. Uh, can you yeah, muster the same enthusiasm? No. I I, I can't muster the same enthusiasm as I say, you know, judo for me, the, when the big boys fight, the little boys get hurt. Uh, these are little boys. Uh, AFG, I think, is a, is a hold, probably a stronger hold because of the yield. Judo Bank, I think, is still um, still trying to find its place in the marketplace to some extent and getting some of that recognition. I'm not sure what their USP is. And I have to say, not really one for me. But if you've got it, you probably want to keep holding it uh, and hope that the regional banking issues in the US don't spill over sentiment-wise to our banking sector, which I think they do have a potential to do. Got it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for rolling with it. As I continue to change things around, my producer is not going to be happy with me. But anyways, <laughs> on to Limetown Resources, number five so on this list. I'll start with you. Uh, for this one, Henry, let's just see if Mohammed has given us any context. Not really. Um, so we had the nationalization of uh, the lithium resources in Chile. And that sort of is how we started the week. And that put a rocket under some of those producers here in Australia. But then, of course, we've got some massive potential M&A as well. So how do you read Liontown right now? Uh, I've been a fan of Liontown for a long time. I recently sold half my holding at $2.78. Uh, I'll keep the rest of it in case there is an increased bid. The bid is at $2.50, and clearly, you know, that is way below the market. The market is, it is expecting another bid, and uh, obviously, 283 bucks will be needed to get Tim Goida and the retail army across the line with this one. Uh, the, the move in Chile is an interesting one, I guess, and it does put the focus on local producers. It has helped uh, Pilbara and obviously gives a, a, a much clearer rationale for why a predator wants to buy Liontown, whether it be Arbor or whoever. Um, but obviously, you know, those moves in Chile are significant, although you know, they haven't been agreed, they haven't been pushed into place. It was a speech made by El Presidente on, uh, on Thursday night last week. So, um, you know, an existing operations will not be affected. Uh, the bigger question, I think, for that, Chile is not the lithium sector, but Escondida with BHP. Mm. Uh, but that, that hasn't really been talked about. So for me, Liontown is a hold, but I have taken profits on part of the holding that I've had for a long time. As you know, Nadine, I have been a fan of this one for some time. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's a question of risk reward. If, if Albemarle say, you know what, we're going to take our bat and ball and go home, we can't agree on a price with Tim, then uh, this will pull back to 240, mm-hmm. 250, uh, whereas the upside may be 280, 290, and here we are at 274. So, 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, the bigger upside, I guess, is if they can um, they can get the funding later this year. Uh, they do have a little bit of a shortfall, whichever way they tend to go with this, but Kathleen Valley, that is the big prize, is actually to get Kathleen Valley up and running, and they may just say, you know what? It's three bucks isn't going to do it either, so you can whistle as much as you like, but we're not selling. Got it. Thank you. All right, guys, that is halfway. Hard to believe it. Time flies when you're having fun. Let's find out what we've learned so far. So stock of the day, Blackmore's, I mean, by, unless there's some sort of competing offer coming through, which Henry doesn't reckon there will be, it appears as if everybody's happy. You know, Mark says shareholders, uh, the board, uh, you know, founding father's son. It, it all looks as if it... Uh, will be going through. So that is Blackmore's, the stock of the day. Let's get to the companies that have been nominated by you, and that is Cochlear. So Cochlear, that is a hold from both of my guests. And then we get to the KKR Credit Income Fund. That is, I guess, a watch list maybe, taught like at the best case scenario for Mark. But in this environment, he's allocating to the USHY and USIG, but primarily USHY, that is a Global X ETF. Um, look, Henry agrees this is just too opaque what's in this fund and also, um, you know, 45% of what's in there is unrated. So it's a hard no coming from Henry. Uh, Silex Systems, well, we can't call Henry anything but committed. He's held this for a very long time, but he reckons it could be a buy right now, but it's a, at best a specky buy for Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Then you heard the conversation around Australian Financial Group and Judo Bank. So we're skipping ahead a little bit, but we've got a hold for AFG from both of my guests. Good dividend. It's just not very exciting in Henry's words. He cannot muster the same enthusiasm for Judo Bank that Mark can, but Mark has a buy on Judo uh, Capital is actually what it's called, um, but it's not, not up Henry's alley. He's got a hold on it. Oh, I forgot to ask you about Lion Town Resources. Buy, hold or sell? Uh, I'd be trimming, same, I'd be trimming, um, okay. but uh, I think Abamal, the advantage there for them is that they've got that refining uh, facility, which yep. geographical location, um, but it's a, it's a top quality resource. So it, um, but the, I think they'd be, obviously they know that it's a high quality resource and they know that there's geographical um, advantage for that refining as well. So. Um, I don't think any, anyone apart from uh, Miles is going to come and have a, have a better mm. bid, but it, it certainly makes the, um, you know, the economies of scale a lot better for that operation. Um, but yeah, we, we're mainly, uh, I mean, we've had Rio sniffing, uh, it was in the papers today, Rio sniffing around for Alcom. Um, we've been, yeah, we've been in and out of PLS quite a bit over the last couple of years um, and Alcom as well. So they're probably our two preferred names. I'm just sticking with the producers at the moment, which has um, done well by us for the last six months. We sort of cut um, explorers out, uh, you know, towards the middle of last year. And um, but look, I, yeah, at this stage, it's a it's fairly pro- well priced for where it, what stage it's at. Um, if you're going to hold on to it, you're probably going to have to hold on to it for a long time, or you're going to get bought out. So yeah. um, capital may be better used elsewhere potentially. So trimming. <clears throat> in Liontown Resources, both of my esteemed guests, um, but holding a parcel because it looks as if Abramal might have to improve its offer, but likely in Mark's view, not another one coming to the fore. So let's just uh, revisit our portfolio, shall we, before the new episode drops on Tuesday. Here's a little look. Uh, We've got, 
Yeah, still a, a 4.2 allocation toward cash. I wonder if any of that would be spent or if our investment committee will choose to trim some of the exposure. I don't know, maybe BHP. It's up, well, we've got a 6% weighting to BHP and it's up around record high. So I wonder what will happen. Again, we'll bring you that new episode of the investment committee on Tuesday. Here's a look at how we're performing since March the 1st, 2022. The fund is up by about 9%. So we'd love it if you keep requesting companies for us to discuss on this program. And that helps determine what the investment committee will be looking at next. All right, coming up, we will be talking about XRF Scientific. We'll be talking about Nuren. We'll be talking about uh, WAM Leaders and Cluey. We're skipping Judo because, as you know, we already spoke about it. So, Michael, hope that helped you form your view on Judo. It's a uh, you know, I guess you can pick who uh, who you choose to um, listen to on that one. But let's go to XRF Scientific, and this one is for David. Mark, do you know this company? Uh, I had this on the call earlier in the month, um, and trailing stop uh, was the advice there was about a dollar, which uh, proved to be. Um, the right thing to do. It's been consistently rallying for a while now. Uh, they reported and um, it shot up from a dollar to I think nearly a dollar forty at one stage. Uh, it's pulled back to one twenty one. Um, the outlook's good. The June quarter is expected to be positive for uh, all um, all sections of the business. Um, their precious metal volumes were up as well. Their platinum um, labware recycling business has done very well. Uh, their core products, um, are, you know, nearly their order book basically remains at record levels. So things are going really well for these guys. Um, I would just probably maintain that trailing stop again. Um, they they obviously shocked the market uh, in mid March uh, when they gave that um, gave that update and um, everything's sort of heading in the right direction at the moment um, overall. So uh, they're um, I would just probably stay on the stay on the wave at the moment and um, until otherwise you know until the company tells you otherwise. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. How about you, Henry? XRF Scientific. Um, we're in the middle of a gold boom. Let's face it, Nadine. Aussie gold is three thousand. Even US gold is $2,000. Uh, these guys uh, provide scientific equipment uh, for uh, verification, analyzing uh, chemicals. They've got a great client list, BHP, Rio, etc. The update that, that we had out uh, a couple of weeks ago was pretty positive. As Mark says, they popped up to $1.40. They pulled back to $1.23. I reckon they're a buy here, to be honest. I think those numbers were pretty good. Uh, the revenue numbers were up 43%. Profit before tax was up 30% uh, for the quarter year to date, similar kind of numbers. Uh, you know, as I say, we are going through a little bit of a commodities boom in some commodities, obviously not in others, but uh, I suspect these guys are going to continue to do well. It rallied hard from a dollar to a dollar 40. It's come back 50% to a dollar 20. Not that I'm a, a massive chart man, but 50% uh, retracement from that dollar level to a dollar 40. I think this is a buy here at around a dollar, dollar 23. Okay. Yeah, for new money, I'd be a buy as well. Yeah. New money, a buy. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. that's... That's Sorry, a... I didn't really address the. I was referring to uh, to previous, but um, where we're coming into the uh, obviously coming into the results um, in, at that stage. So that was why the trailing stop was right, given. Right. But yeah, no, they've now they've, we know it. It's now all we the know it. Yeah, the and now they're given outlook. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with Henry. Okay, so that is our first buy of the day. Rima, our lovely producer, write it down. I didn't know if we'd get there today, but we've got one for XRF Scientific. 
Now, Nurin Pharmaceuticals, this is an interesting one because it's, um, you know, it's it's been a, a long story, a long journey for uh, management there. This one's for Cath, but this company is kicking goals. You know, it's starting to commercialize, it's starting to sell, it's bringing in real revenue, um, and it's uh, looking to continue on the path. So, um, look, I've had the pleasure of speaking with the CEO a number of times. Henry, I know that so often, People say that it's just too soon to get into these biotech, medtech, you know, any sort of operators in that sphere. But um, it looks as if Neuron is is on its way. What do you think? I, I think this is too late, Nadine, rather mm. than too soon. Uh, I've also had the uh, the honor of speaking to John Pilch, uh, Joe Pilcher from this company, the CEO. Yeah, I did a yeah. podcast. Yeah, I think it's John. Uh, the um, I talked to this to him before the March 12th FDA approval and basically he said that as long as we get this, which they did get it, it basically opens the floodgates for milestone payments, royalty payments, which is what it has done. They just picked up another 40 million US from Arcadia Pharmaceuticals. Now they have a product, uh, Trophinidide, which uh, is called Debu. Uh, is sort of its um, its kind of fancy name for um, for consumer purposes, but it treats Rett syndrome. Now this mm-hmm. is a, a very it's quite rare, but it's also untreatable at the moment, and this does solve that problem to some extent. So it um, it has picked up these milestone payments. It does have a big royalty stream as well. Sales have kicked off, which is why they got the US forty million bucks. They've also got another drug, and when I spoke to John previously. Uh, it doesn't have quite the same um, <laughs> naming that slips off the tongue because it is NNZ2591, okay. which is not quite as um, not quite as consumer friendly. So they might have to work on the name on that one. But th- that that's in phase two trials at the moment, and the potential for that one is well, he was more excited actually about that one than uh, trofinitide. So. Um, I think this is, it's had a massive run. I think it's mm-hmm. one of the best performing stocks on the market. From the eight bucks it was milling around at before that decision on March 12th, it's now $14, $14.23. And it's certainly one that I wrote up a couple of times on the attractions. And I know some of our members have done very, very well out of it. It's definitely still a hold. We're going to get more milestone payments. Of course, the royalty stream will depend on sales, but this is a company that's going to be flush with cash. Uh, and and it's not your normal biotech. It did no. all these deals, royalties and milestones. This is what biotechs dream of. Uh, so I think there's probably more to come in this one, but it's run pretty hard. So maybe we'll see it just consolidate around here for the time being, but it's definitely a hold. Okay, but, but you know, just to push but, the point a bit, just quickly, would you buy on any sort of pullback? Say we had a market that pulled back in general, bringing some of these stocks back with it. Yeah, I mean, I guess the risk is that the, the sales don't come through. It's one thing to get these royalty payments but, but and these milestone payments, but you've got to actually sell the thing. So if, it, if, it, if it's a little bit slow in getting off the ground in sales, then we could see this one pull back, and I think that would be an opportunity. Okay. It's, it's, it's uh, licensed, you know, it's got FDA approval in the U.S., but it's also looking at partnering deals elsewhere in the world, and uh, clearly with Arcadia Pharmaceuticals, which is not a small uh, pharmaceutical company. You know, that, that is a massive tick of approval and it should help them do some other deals elsewhere. 
Thank you. Buy, hold, sell. What do you think, Mark? Too late? Uh, I'd be trying to probably buy on a pullback. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that uh, that very sexy named double N Z two five nine one. That it's good, isn't it? <laughs> Sometimes I get anxiety going into CEO interviews when I've got to name these drugs. But yeah. Anyways. So, but it's got a five times larger addressable <laughs> market as well. So, and these guys have proven they can, you know, they can do the whole journey. Um, they are looking at some uh, different uses for the um, uh, uh, trifinonide. Trof- okay. Move on. Um, but yeah, which may be uh, treating anxiety, hyperactivity, things like that um, as well. So they may, you know, there may be other uses for that um, for that or modifications of that drug down the line. So yeah, I'd be I'd be wanting to buy on a pullback because obviously it has run very hard. If you've got it, you're holding on to it. Um, and but I, I think I wouldn't be that concerned about the sales. It's a it's a pretty rare disease, and this is literally the only drug in the world that treats it. So I mean, it would be I think it would be very well known by the by the, by the you know the carers and mm-hmm. people who are suffering from it. So I don't think sales is necessarily going to be a problem unless price is you know unless it's exorbitantly expensive. So um, so yeah, it's okay. a very interesting company. Buy on a pullback. Yeah, and it's uh, John Pilchner. Yeah, he's been there since the beginning, founder and CEO. Trifinitide. There we go. Trifinitide. Okay. Let's go to Wham, uh, Wham Leaders. I can't even say this. This is for Lester. Hey, Lester. He says, looks like it's having a second crack in a month at a capital raising. Pulled the Mark 1 iteration. Maybe it was through <laughs> negative feedback from investors such as me. Lester, I like your sense of humor. Henry, what do you think? Would you be buying, holding, or selling Wham Leaders? Uh, really? Um, they, I think they was trying to get away a $750 million, uh capital raise, which basically was done at the net tangible asset value, as this one is. It's not quite as big, but obviously they're hoping that the share purchase plan entices people to buy it. There's a 2.5% discount to the VWAP uh, component as well, so you might get a 2.5% cheaper uh, than the NTA. But you're basically buying... Uh, we are basically um, putting money into the market, into all the leaders, things like Aristocrat, BHP, Ramsey, QBE, NABs, etc. You're buying the leaders. It does what it says on the box. Jeff, Jeff is very good uh, at communication. It's got a nice big fat yield. I wouldn't really be doing this, um, I've got to say. It's, um, it's, it's what I would call opportunistic. It grows the fund. But you're effectively putting in your money into the market at this point on mass and you're buying the leaders so if you like the market and if you think the market's going to go up then go for it if you think the market like me is going to suffer a little bit in may and june then you may get this a little cheaper or you may just actually want to invest in individual stocks yourself um so yeah n- not really for me but there's nothing wrong with it but um okay. you know, it, it, i think i think the first attempt was rather um rather crazy 750 million from memory was what they were trying to raise which is great if you're a fund manager because it just increases Mm. your profits mark uh no definitely not for me um i don't like their sector um diversification i think they're overweight more heavily overweight in some of the um, sectors that are going to be most harmed by the next six months um there's 20 stocks in it seven of them i wouldn't own um 
and you could largely you know do this yourself pretty mm-hmm. much and you know, it's it's not um not particularly complicated uh it's, and, and it's sitting in 10 percent cash at the moment as well um yeah de- i yeah definitely not for me i would um i would steer clear okay thank you yeah. let's get to last on the list that is Cleary. Cleary is online learning it's online tutoring I think they might do in-person tutoring as well, and that is only via uh, an inquiry that I made recently, um, via some sort of ad that I got. I didn't even realize that it was Cluey. This is for Charles. Might start with you, Mark, on Cluey. Yeah, this is an avoid, a strong avoid for me. Uh, Analysts, well, there's one analyst who listed it, um, who are fairly positive on it, but I guess they've probably got to be. yeah, cash burn's pretty high. Um, you're looking at cash flow positive in over a year's time. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't find, I mean, I couldn't find really. If if it gets to scale, um, maybe, like, but it just, it's, it's pretty much most of the characteristics of companies I just wouldn't, certainly wouldn't go anywhere near at the moment. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm, I sort of question how, you know, how big that mar- that the addressable market is overall. Um, it's a pretty small company, twenty six million, so uh, market cap. Uh, yeah, not not for us at okay. all. Okay, so that's an avoid for Cluey Learning. Yes, an addressable market, but I suppose it's got a bit of a lifespan that addressable market, doesn't it, Henry? Um, yeah, I haven't a Cluey on this one. I must admit, <laughs> Nadine, it's, it's the first time I've um, really looked at this. They just did a capital raise at fifteen cents. The stock's trading at thirteen cents. When I say trading, that's um, putting it. Um, optimistically because there's only 9,000 shares traded today Um, not for me they are putting a lot of store in their successful pilot of what they call code camp where school kids in the school holidays go to uh, to learn how to code learn how to make YouTube videos and all that sort of stuff it's probably more nerd camp than code camp I'd prefer to send my kids to soccer camp myself but anyway uh, that's just me I've got to say I can't see too many reasons to be long this one or to be even looking at this one as mark says it's small it doesn't trade they've just raised funds it's gone on a long spiral from 50 cents down to 13 cents in the last uh six to eight months cannot see any reason why you'd want to be there to be quite honest so uh, an avoid like the proverbial from me did you say nerd camp nerd camp yeah code camp i mean oh jeez and and would, most would of you that. send your kids to would, well okay mark would you send your kids to code camp no because they can learn for free on youtube quite as just as easy <laughs> right. so uh right. yeah but i mean look coding is a pretty essential part for most education going forward but i mean yeah i like i said you can yeah there's a million youtube well they learn it at school now anyways as well so yeah. anyways um we digress as far as an investment opportunity one in which you would put your hard earned into both of my guests say not a chance no way and very illiquid as well so let's sum it up we've already done judo capital but it's a strong buy for mark it's a no for henry xrf scientific that is a buy neuron pharmaceuticals look they both like it it's just Buy on a pullback. Buy on a pullback, but uh, the story is pretty solid. Wham leaders, hard no from both of my guests, and you just heard what we've said about Cluey. Guys, that was fun. Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. Always a pleasure to see you. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thanks, Nadine. Always fun. And Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Thank you, as always, as well. We'll see you soon.
Okay, if you would like us to cover a company, please do send it to us, osbiz.co forward slash call picks, or you can tweet us at osbiztv. It's been really great to spend the past hour or so with you. We've got plenty more to come in the next hour. Andrew Gagan will be bringing you through all of the market news, get you across what's happening out there in terms of news and overall market performance. Pretty negative session out there right now. Stay with us. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.